Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, at the time of recording, it is uh, tu- no Wednesday. Actually, Wednesday, eleventh of August. So I have officially been off prep for the past three or four days, um, and I'm starting to feel a little bit more human um, with every day that does go past. Um, and as I said, what I was going to do is do like a little bit of a roundup, um, off-season review type podcast. Um, which, rather than sort of drip feed um, for each for each week, I figured why not just sort of cover um, the whole season itself, kind of from the start to, to the very end. Um, and I guess it's probably rightfully so to start, you know, prep for this year. Kind of began when I got off stage last year. Now, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, I competed in pretty much the only regional that went ahead prior to the first lockdown. Uh, that was the Kingdom Classic uh, when two bros, that was down, I think it was in Wigan. So I competed there, um, which I, I won Classic Physique uh, Beginners and Open Class D um, at that regional. So that was that was really cool. That was actually my only my second ever show. Um, and I actually, after that, signed up for the Ben Weeder, which was going to be two weeks later, and obviously you guys kind of know that uh, that never went ahead because, uh, well, the world shut down, and effectively uh, a week before the show, the gyms got shut, and then officially that sort of Ben Weeder show got cancelled about four days out, five days out. When the gym shut, um, I just remember meshing Cat at the time and being like, that's me done, that's, uh, that's the season over. Um, however, that originally wasn't going to be the plan the plan last year was to do multiple shows kind of like you've seen me do this year it was to do I think five in total uh, ranging from um, actually I think at first Tubros wasn't actually on on the list I was going to do a local show up in Aberdeen I'm sure and then um, there was a UKUP show I was going to do I was going to do PCA Scotland um, and then there was another one I can't remember which, where it was or what it was I was going to do but anyway how it worked out was that um, shows were getting cancelled left right and centre and there was one that was going ahead I was ready and said to Cal hey let's go do it so that gave me my first sort of taste um, in classic physique and with and, and with sort of two bros federation itself um, and then the season obviously got cut short but it was it was great to have got in a show um, beforehand because that's something I'd been working towards you know, from 2017, uh, when I'd kind of said I never compete again, moving up from men's physique to classic, I took purposely took two, two and a half, three years out. Um, it was actually 20, 2019 I decided that um, I wanted to compete again um, and I would go the following year. So anyway, back to the start. So I kind of felt like after last year I'd had the rug pulled pulled on from underneath me as such and... Uh, that was frustrating. It kind of left me with, uh, you could say, an itch not scratched, to unfinished business, shall we say. Um, so I jumped on the phone with Cal uh, not long after. I still had a place to train and whatnot, and I kind of said, you know, I'm not, I'm not done yet. I've still got a lot, you know, I, I want to achieve in the bodybuilding industry or my, my like just my own bodybuilding career. Um, and one of those goals was I'd always wanted to. To win a British title, I'd always wanted to place in a pro qualifier, so we just kind of grew on the phone. I went, let's go. I said, let's go hard, let's push, 
um, and let's come back next year and let's win a British title. Um, and that was our goal, pretty much from uh, the week after we stepped off stage um, in 2020. Uh, that was the main focus, pretty much for each session, for for programming to bring up certain weaknesses um, that we knew we needed to bring up, um, and and that inevitably led to to pushing up to probably um, bo- like you know body weight that uh, in hindsight I probably didn't need to push up as high. Um, for those of you that don't know, I pushed up to my stage weight last year. I think I weighed in at two two five. And by the end of my off season, I was up 132 kilos, which, if I'm correct, is like two, almost 290. Um, it's, it's crazy, crazy amount to put on. Um, but what it did do was it meant that when I got absolutely peeled at my tits this year, that uh, it was a huge difference in comparison to last year. So anyway, fast forward to the start of prep, which was the 21st of March, is when I started. The whole prep itself was just under 20 weeks it was 19 weeks and and effectively six days and usually when I die I I respond fairly quickly Um, so even though I was sitting a bit heavier I think that we kind of knew my body would respond quick and we'd pull a bit off however it didn't happen as quick as we wanted it to or as quick as we thought we would personally I think it was to do with the growth hormone I was using at the time it was just making me hold a lot of fluid. And I was like, the scales aren't dropping as much as they usually drop. Um, at the same time as well, the gyms were actually still shut uh, up here when I um, started prep. So the cardio I, I started with was uh, was, uh, was, a, was, a, was a fast-paced walk and then it changed to the bike, um, which for me, I just don't feel was enough. Um, we moved to the stairs when the gyms opened. And if the stairs had been in from the start, I think that I would have being as conditioned as I needed to be for that first show, which which admittedly I wasn't. So the first 10 weeks of dieting really were a breeze. It wasn't really that hard at all. I was able to function kind of normally. I was able to be me. Um, I was you know, I was going to client shows down south. Uh, Rona said she didn't really notice the fact I was dieting. It was just we weren't eating the same meals or anything like that. Um, and then kind of about, you could say, um, halfway. So if it was 20 weeks first time were a breeze and then it got really difficult but from about six weeks out from that first show the La Familia um, it got quite challenging now I actually done a photo shoot the week before the La Familia which was on the the photo shoot was on the 25th of June um, the La Familia was on the 4th of July and ultimately you know about three weeks before La Familia we kind of knew we weren't going to come in as conditioned as we needed to be. Um, although we were hammering it, uh, we had kind of underestimated the weight we thought we would be lean at. And then we, when we got to that weight, we realized, well, actually, shit, there's still quite a bit to pull off. So we went into the photo shoot. Um, actually, you know, the photo shoot itself with TT, I was actually really happy with how it looked. Um, I wasn't peeled on my tits, but I was ridiculously full. Um, and we got some really, really, really good images. Um, and it was just nice to actually you know, after so long dieting, do something, put get tan on and kind of go through the process because the shoot itself was actually supposed to be uh, two weeks prior to to that show La Familia. Um, well, actually, originally it was going to be the week after. Then I moved it a month earlier and I had to move it two weeks later because um, we weren't conditioned enough. So anyway, my body weight before La Familia, La Familia my lowest weight, 
was about 105.6. Now, bear in mind, I started dieting at 132. So it was still a big shift to pull off. Um, laughingly itself, I had another four or five clients competing at the same time, two of which were uh, doing classic physique also. Now, on the day, um, because I knew I wasn't that conditioned as I needed to be, um, and I kind of had my, my coach's head on um, for my athletes, I probably didn't enjoy the day or on with my time on stage as much as I I thought, um, as much as I should have. You know, I, I really I struggled to enjoy it because the show itself was probably the highest standard um, show I've ever been in. The, the, mo- the most amount of competitors, I mean, I think there was effectively um, 12 people in, in novice and uh, there were six in, in open class D. Um, but yeah, it kind of it kind of went exactly how you'd imagine. Um, I think I picked up a fifth in the open class D. In novice, I didn't place. And if, I, if I'm honest, I think I, I came second or third to last when I looked at the results. And, you know, I suppose it was disappointing, but it wasn't a surprise. It was simply, it, it was what it was, it was. I wasn't lean enough. Um, the one thing, I guess, that, that I, I kind of felt more disappointed in myself was it was the first time that my my wife had got to see me compete in person um so you know I kind of that she for those of you who don't know she's a huge motivator for me um so after that I kind of had a point to prove um to myself uh, you know the, the only person that that, that to, to sort of blame for not being conditioned is yourself you take the responsibility right um so I thought right I've got another show in a couple of weeks so I went, let's let's dial down let's let's pull off you know, I stepped off stage and Cal was like, we need to be in the 103s here, really. Um, we need to take another two and a half, three kilos off. I was like, right, cool. So the, the next planned show originally was going to be Portugal. Uh, they obviously changed that, changed the, the sort of protocol of if you aren't double vaccinated, you need to, to isolate over there. So anyway, um, didn't, didn't obviously end up doing that and signed up for PCA Northwest um, instead, which was... Which was good, you know. My my weight before my lowest weight before then was one hundred three point six. Um, so obviously we took two kilos off. We got my, much tighter, and I was I was really really happy with with the look, and ended up taking taking the win in, in sort of tall classic bodybuilding, which um, obviously is different from from classic physique, uh, especially the sort of trunks that you wear. I was able to wear like sort of bodybuilding trunks and. Um, it was really after that show I started to kind of just look at the photos and think I just I really prefer wearing the the bodybuilding trunks versus the classic physique mostly because when I hit a lat spread which is one of my favorite poses um, with mainly because of my quads I'm able to pull pull them up um, and it makes my waist look that little bit smaller whereas when you do classic physique especially in IFBB you're not allowed to do that um, so anyway Got that show done, came back up the road. Now, this is where the sort of 20-day um, stretch, four shows in 20 days started um, that people thought I was a bit nuts to do. But mentally, I kind of needed... Originally, I wasn't going to do Southwest. It would have just been two Bros Brits. But mentally, I needed something in between. Um, I couldn't have a weekend where I was just trying to make the time pass. And I just felt it could be, it could be way more productive doing another show. So I signed up for the the Southwest, um, which went uh, a lot differently than than the Northwest. So after the Northwest, literally the rest of the day, I just ate protein, and then for the subsequent three days after, went back to doing cardio, put Clem back in, um, 
went the diet went right back to baseline um, and I, I dropped weight um, my lowest weight then by the Wednesday was 103.2 um, before we started loading on the Thursday so we, we, what we would do is we'd let you go show on a Sunday then we'd run protein all day and then we'd run low Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday then we'd load Thursday, Friday then we'd kind of have a low day Saturday and show Sunday and that was the protocol that we ran um, so we went into the southwest, um, which I ended up placing fourth in uh, with an invite to the British, and uh, they put um, tall and short together there because there wasn't enough competitors. Um, and you know, it just it just wasn't my day. I was I was probably the the tallest by a good head head and a half. Um, and you know, if I think in bodybuilding, when when you perhaps don't agree with a result. Regardless of how you come out with it, you just sound like a total dick. So, what I tend to say is that bodybuilding will punch you, will punch you in the dick more often than not, um, and you cannot overthink it. You know, I ultimately had gotten a little bit leaner for that show. We we loaded just as we did. We actually thought on the Saturday we sort of spilled a little bit Saturday night, but we brought it back on the Sunday. Um, and yeah, it just on the on the Sunday it wasn't my day, and that's how you got to that's how you got to look at it. So uh, the plan was to come back from Exeter. It was in Exeter, right? So it was long, uh, long way away. But there was a flight direct from Edinburgh, which was great, right? It was a case of um, I could fly on a Saturday. I could fly home on the Sunday. I'd get home really, really late. Um, but that would be absolutely fine because uh, I'd get home and then we could do the same. So I get to the airport. I'm waiting about, waiting about. Eventually, they actually cancel the flight home because uh, there was a technical difficulty with the plane which was a bollock right and I'd eaten all my food for that day so um, they said right go go stand in the queue and uh, we'll um, we'll sort you out tell you the options so go stand in the queue after the first person's been they say just to let you know the flight back to Edinburgh tomorrow is now full and we thought fuck right so uh, they said what we can do is we can fly you to Glasgow and then bus you from, Ed- from Glasgow to Edinburgh uh, and then obviously I would need to drive up the road so it meant that rather than get home late Sunday night uh, I got to Dundee about Monday 4pm had to train legs stuck to the diet all day um, was you know if you haven't ever done um, a low carb day after you've competed or you know no carbs the rest of the day and then straight back on the diet you, you honestly feel horrendous like so so horrendous but it's really just once you've gotten through that first day it's absolutely fine. You're back to you know I, the way I saw it. Is I was right. I need to sneak it through three or four days here, and then I'm, I'm pushing back up. So anyway, we we get I get home and then uh, I had a really good, actually good chat with with Rob because he was there at the show about the placings and whatnot, and he just said, "Mate, um, you cannot focus on what has been because it detracts your energy that you can put in from for 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 today." And it was so true. It's kind of what I needed to hear because then the focus just shifted straight to the the two rows finals which was um, effectively, you know, the week after on the Sunday, we followed the same protocol by the Wednesday uh, before the British. Um, I, it was my lowest weight, 102.8. And then going into the British itself, um, I kind of said to Cal how we'd been trying to dry out. Uh, I wasn't liking it and I wasn't liking the look. And I compared last year's look to how, to our protocol we ran I was like, Carl, we were drier last year. And he was like, yeah, I agree. So we decided to do things a little bit differently. Um, ultimately, we did it the way I suggested it. And um, it worked out 
much much better I was a lot drier um, it was the leanest I'd look and it was the best I looked, I'd looked up to then um, and it, it you know it obviously we got success on the day I ended up taking first in, uh, in the novice class which was great it was a dream of mine you know five years ago to, to win a British title I remember writing it down and it took me 1914 days to do so um, if you wonder how long it takes to win a British that's how long it takes um, and then open class D um, I ended up coming fourth in that and you know I think um, after it me and Kyle kind of both um, agreed that you know we still even though we added it was 12 pounds a stage weight so in 20, uh, 2020 I was 225 I weighed in it and then for the two bros Brits finals come 2021 I was 237 um, so we'd added 12 pounds a stage weight we were still getting outmassed up top by the guys in open class D. Um, none of them were as big in the lower body, um, but up top, delts, arms, chest, um, all bigger. And, you know, I think what that shows is just, I I have always had, um, probably my downfall, I've always had an emotional attachment to training legs. You know, some of my clients will know there's a, there's a phrase we use and it's, don't be beat from the legs, right? And that's something I adopted years ago. Um, but it's why uh, I've got a, a poor upper body because I would train legs very, very hard. Uh, not that I wouldn't train upper hard, it's just that um, obviously train legs a bit harder, put more focus on them. But there was one point in 2017 to 2018, I didn't even train arms once. And then thereafter when I did, I didn't really train them that hard. And now now it shows, now it really shows. Um, and, you know, the results we're getting in some some of the classes are um, are either we're winning it or we're, 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 you know, we're coming forth. And it is what it is. So that was really a, a sort of dream, uh, dream achieved. And um, if technically fourth is, you know, it's in the top five in a pro qualifier. So that's that was that ticked off. And it was kind of after that I, in between these shows, right, I didn't have much thought process or much time to reflect, absorb, process anything that had happened, because straight after one show, I was like, right, I need to prepare for the next one. I need to pull back down within three days. And then we need to load, and then we need to focus on right. You know, we're doing something different, doing stuff a bit differently, etc., etc. Um, and for the the southwest one I done the PCA and the finals, um, Rona couldn't be there because she couldn't fly, um, and that was my option to go was to fly, um, and it's because she's in trimester three. So the great thing was she'd seen me in the northwest tall uh, win, and you know it was awesome. The uh, the guy said, you got anyone with you? Um, and I said, yeah, my wife, she's pregnant. And I, when I said she's pregnant, he just looks at me and he goes, do you want to get her up here for a photograph? And I was like, I would love that. Um, so that was a really special moment captured by the professional photographer that I've actually added to a canvas that is on its way. By the time this podcast goes live, it'll be here. Um, but a memory that we'll have forever. And obviously she, she is pregnant. And one of my main drivers for competing was, you know, to make her her in the wee man proud whenever he comes around when he looks back on these years and um, as long as he says that uh, you know his daddy made him proud that that's uh that's ultimately what what was one of the drivers for me during prep um and then the following week you know so what i decided to do was um i didn't you know after after that i didn't really know when i was when i was going to compete again um so i figured out i want my wife to see my last you know last potential ever show and um I thought, right, cool. FedEx decided to put on um, another show because uh, their FedEx Fit, Fit Expo got moved because of you know 
government restrictions and whatnot. It got moved, so they put another one on. It was six days after the finals. I went, right, you know what? I'll hang on and I'll do that. And she will drive down and she could see that. And, you know, after after the British finals, I was very content. And, and there was a couple of days where mentally I was I was done, but I was sticking with the diet. I was just like, I was ready for it to be over because I'd accomplished everything. And I kind of said to myself, I was like, right, I could go into this weekend, come away with nothing and, and still, you know, deem the season a success. Um, you know, it was the best I'd ever looked at the two was British and I'd won a British title, etc., etc. So I ticked off all the boxes. Um, but... I thought we'll we'll jump in classic, um, and at the time when I signed up, um, I thought you could do another class. And I thought I'll do novice because in my eyes the criteria for novice was that if you've you know you can do it if you've never won an overall. Um, so when I signed up for that, I signed up for that actually before I did PCA Northwest, so a long time before. Um, it went well. I ended up winning the, the novice bodybuilding class. I didn't place in classic. Um, and that was fine because it was totally stacked. However, um, it really was a win that wasn't wasn't never a win. Um, I get I get a phone call a couple of days after it um, from one of the head judges, and had, they had said that my win six days previously um, meant that I was therefore excluded from their criteria for novice bodybuilding. Um, so technically, they couldn't necessarily. You know, my entry for novice would be would be void, um, which you know absolute fair play to them um, I didn't know the criteria at the time when I signed up um, and obviously it was six days before that that result um, sort of put me out from criteria and I, I didn't give it a second thought uh, whatsoever because I was you know it just when you're going from show to show you're just trying to hang on um, so you know the when they when the guy phoned me um, about it the way they handled it was super professional. Um, they knew that it was not, you know, me competing in that category was, it wasn't necessarily, you know, me trying to just sign up and do it um, and kind of trying to um, pull the wool over Amazon. It was a case of, they knew I just signed up, hadn't looked at anything and um, it was a genuine oversight um, because I had went off criteria, an assumption, and that's my fault, um, I went off an assumption um, that their criteria was the same as a different federation's criteria, which lesson learned here: read fucking criteria for the federation that you're doing. Um, so I mean, the the, the Fed Expo day it was it was brilliant. I think it didn't detract anything from the day because my actual weight before then was at its lowest. It was one hundred two, right? Which meant I started at one three two and then came down to to 102, 30 kilos off, that's 66 pounds. Um, as we were loading, um, as we were checking and whatnot, we were like, me and Kyle were excited, like, right, this is the tightest we've ever looked. And then from some of the, the camera photos that people got of me, I was like, I've never, ever seen my quads like that before, so I couldn't wait to see the professional ones. Um, and they they worked us on, on that stage, man. Like, after Novice, um, my quads were so sore, right? And hip flexors were so sore just trying to get them on. I was exhausted because um, they just turned us, they turned us, they turned us, they held us, which in hindsight I loved. It was great. There was so much time on stage. Um, and, uh, you know, by the time it got to Classic, uh, I was I was gubbed. I really struggled to keep my legs on. Uh, really, really struggled. Um, although in the professional photos, they look all right. It just It just was so hard. 
and then I had to go back on and do the overall later um, because of the te- the, well at the time the technical win uh, go back on and by then I was gubbed absolutely gubbed so it, it was a great day um, it was a great moment actually when I'd done one of my routines and uh, as I'm leaving the announcer looks at me and it was it was the second time I'd done it so he'd seen me do it for a novice and then when I did it for a classic because um, as I did it everyone went quiet because uh, it, it was a different sort of song and the announcer just looked at me and he just said that means something to you doesn't it and I just looked at him I nodded and I went yes sir and I went off stage and it was later though on that evening we uh, me and Rona were going out for dinner and uh, we bump into the the, the same guy, he's with his wife, and they're saying they're asking me at the time. Uh, you know, this was before we had the phone call. A couple of days after, they're saying, "Oh, you know, you're going to do the finals, you're in the finals." And I went, I, I went, I, I can't. And they said, "Why not?" And I just got my hand and I just put it on Rona's stomach, and without batting an eyelid, the guy just looks me square in the eye and he just goes, "That's what it means, doesn't it?" And I just nodded and said, "Yes, sir," and we just walked away and we left. Well, we kind of said bye. But it was a very, very special moment that it kind of it showed me that if you pose with a strong emotional connection behind why you pose, it's seen. And what like the driver for me the whole prep was I wanted to make my wife proud. What my wife at some point to see me win a show or two this season um, because of the sacrifices that that, that she makes. Um, as a thank you which you know I don't need to win or do well for her to be proud or anything like that it was more something that I just wanted to do myself as a sort of way to give back that everything I was doing was for her and was for the wee man um, and to have that recognised at the last routine I did and the last show I was doing um, that's something that I'll I'll cherish forever and something that you know the posing, the minute on stage for me was always my my, my favorite time, because you get the stage to yourself. Um, um, so yeah, that was just that was a really cool moment, um, and it, it was really really cool to do the overall as well, um, and to stand beside, you know, some great athletes. And uh, I think from from that those stage shots, um, from the comparisons between me and some of the guys in the overall, you know, I just said to Cal, I was like man, what are we doing in classic physique now? Like, we're done. We're done with that. And I was like, the only options we have from here, like we, we've we learned we can't do novice now. That's out. Um, I says, the only options we have um, is class one. And and very, very quickly, like I decided that literally that night we were out for dinner, sitting in Marona, and I was like, I don't want to do classic physique anymore. I was like, I am I'm seven pounds away from my weight limit. I went, let's face it, I want to take, you know, three years off because I want some time to be a dad. And uh, I said, I'm, I'm going to get bigger. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding myself on and saying that I won't. Um, I'll do this and I'll do that because it's bullshit, right? So very, very quickly, that thought process came in my mind about, okay, let's come back and let's get bigger. So the, the whole kind of what happened about, well, hey, Vaughn, we've got to exclude you from that class. I was kind of at, at peace with that um, because I was like, well, uh, you know, I'm going to come back bigger anyway. But they um, they were absolutely superb, so, so professional on the phone in regards to saying that, you know, hey, Vaughn, we want you to comp- compete with us again at some point. Um, 
they obviously know that I, I coach a lot and they say I would love for you to keep sending your athletes our way. Um, they asked, you know, they said they didn't want anything put on social media. Um, they just wanted to obviously, you know, be fair to, to all athletes and um, they didn't want uh, out of respect. You know, that's why I've not put, put anything on social media about it. So I'm, I'm addressing it in this podcast um, and then probably won't discuss it thereafter. Um, but it was a genuine, honest sort of oversight on my part and just a, a lesson learned. But um, hey, I've got some sick photos from it. And, you know, it was, as I said, it was the the best I'd ever looked, um, which I was super happy with. And it was that decider for me that was like, nah, I'm a bodybuilder. I'm not a, I'm not a classic physique guy. Um, you know, and I know I'm undersized for class one right now. I don't need, I don't need told that. Um, but hey, in three years, I might not be, right? Uh, my legs could probably compete in class one now, no problem. But upper body, I just get destroyed. Uh, my glutes are pretty shit as well for right now for class one. Um, so I couldn't do that. So I'm thinking, right, if I'm 107 lean stage weight now, I said to Cal on the phone, I says, we kind of need to be about, what, 115, um, 116. Uh, there, thereabouts. And I said, you know, I'm not trying to be a pro. That's never going to be a goal of mine. Um, but I said, what I, what I do want to do now is that, you know, I, I kind of felt after the British, I was I felt a little bit lost in my head about what's next. I went, fuck, that's, it's been five years. I, I said five years ago, I wrote on Jimmy Drago's um, question list at the time because he was my coach at the time. He says, what's your goals? I said, win a British title. Um, I ticked that off and I thought, what's next? I just didn't know. And then how, here's how I want to pitch it to you. When I did men's physique in 2017, I told myself after I would never ever compete again in men's physique. I was like, right, I need to move up. But I says, I felt like I was at the bottom of the pile. But that was great. It was a challenge for me. It was a case of like, right, let's let's rise up. Let's, let's just spend some time just fucking eating and growing and getting stronger, eating, growing. I always say like, let's just stay in the shadows. Stay in the shadows until you've got something to show them. Um, and I, I, did, I did, I came out in 2020, you know, and was a lot bigger and had the size needed. But what excites me now is that I kind of feel back at the bottom again. And I'm like, right, well, I, I've, I know if you put the work in, what can happen if you're patient enough? And for me, I have all the time in the world. Um, I'm, I have no itch, no desire to compete for a very, very long time. Um, simply because I, you know, one of my life goals is to to be a dad and to be to be a fucking good one at that. Um, so my wife now is uh, when I'm recording this, ten weeks away from giving birth to our wee boy, um, and I want to I want to put effort into to them um, and obviously business as well, and continue to provide for them. So I will come back. Um, it will perhaps be a while. But what I'm aiming for is to come back and for people to just be like, oh fuck, that, he looks he looks drastically different. Uh, me and one of my clients, Bradley, is probably, probably listening to this at some point, we always just say, you know, come back and make their jaws drop. And, and if that's the attitude you you apply um, and you think of every day, of course you don't do it for anyone else. You don't do it for those accolades, you do it for yourself. Like I want to look at a photo of me in three or four years time and go holy fucking shit when I compare it to this year when I compare it to last year or compare it to 2017 if I do that I feel accomplished you know for me this year the successes um the wins and, and placings they've been great but it's not why I do it 
you know why I do it is more of a personal challenge um, and if you haven't seen by now um, I have the badge number that I competed on in the British finals now tattooed on my wrist and you might be thinking well what's that about and for me it is it's a visual representation of kind of a lot more than just a number it represents the cumulative efforts of the past five years at you know given it full tilt and dedication in bodybuilding you know it's a reminder that in the continual pursuit to be better that if you do stick at it you will get there and that those dreams you once had can become a reality in time if you're just patient enough you know in my eyes it's is a statement if you set your mind, mind to something and you wholeheartedly believe it every single day, you'll get there. And in fact, that when you do get there, you're probably going to be a lot further ahead than you once ever thought, right? But the thing is, the journey is never done. The goalposts move. You know, once one goal is hit, the next moves, the next one moves into light. You know, I literally stepped on off stage and um, on the, the Saturday, and it was a few hours later. I'm saying to Rona, I. I want to do class one. I want to come back. I want, you know, I, like I've already established what's next. I just know it's going to take almost just as much time to get there. But what I'm ready to do is I'm ready to embrace it. Um, I'm ready. To, you know, I'm excited about it. Um, so I guess I, I hope that um, that sort of a little summary there. Um, you know, if you're at the start of your journey um, and your goal seems so far away that you're losing sight of it, I urge you. Um, in fact, I actually implore you to keep going because only only you will know you can get there, you know, and only you will be able to make it happen. I I had so many so many people at the start of my journey. You know, if you if you've seen you've if you've listened to this, you've probably seen the first photo of me in twenty sixteen. Had so many people back then. You'll never do that. Why, why, why are you going to do that? What's the point? You'll never get there. You should just give up now. Um, at first, they they ask you why, and it's only after you achieve it they ask you how or they just they just shut up right and then they just they never they never talk anymore or they never say anything um always you know always just remember who you're doing it for and never let others influence you in your decision making uh, because as i've said back in 2016 i firmly believed that i would achieve what i've achieved um and and in the whole process like when i was on the hack squat and i had one and a half plates aside still believed it and then next you know had two and a half plates on each side still believed it next thing i had three and a half plates on each side still believed it it's the continual belief that you will get there that will ultimately get you there um i have a plaque that i'm looking at now in my office that has some of the medals um from places the past couple of years and it says if you can see it in your mind you can hold it in your hands now that's it doesn't need to be referenced to bodybuilding and placings and whatnot. It can be referenced to just achieving the physique that you want. And in my mind, I still haven't got the physique that I envisaged five years ago, but I'm a hell of a lot fucking closer to it than I was. And I'm content knowing that every day I take a step closer to doing that. But I know as well that I have achieved it. It's just that where I want to get to has gone a bit further away because we all want bigger, badder and better, don't we? Um, if you'd showed me photos and told me the results five years ago, I would have believed it. I would have took it all day, every day. Um, but yeah, I guess I got a little bit lost there. But I'm I'm huge on personal development. So if you're listening to this and the last last five ten minutes inspires you, um, I want to know about it. And when you achieve your goal, tell me about it as well. 
to wrap up, um, I was asked some, I said, you know, to people on uh, Instagram, you've got questions, ask me about my prep, now's your chance. Um, so I'll, I'll quickly fire through these. Biggest mindset shift between 2017 and this year. 2017, I was, you know, I said to people that I got to a mindset that I was, if you weren't interested in me, I wasn't interested in your, you know, in my show, I wasn't interested in you, um, which was a very self-centered uh, way to be, but it's just it's just what happened. Um, so I, I, I try and say that I, I didn't let, or haven't, I don't now let affect my prep um, affect others. For example, you know, uh, Rona, uh, I bought her many takeaways when I was prepping. Uh, she'd have dominoes and whatnot, and um, I try and be as good of a husband and partner as I could. Um, maybe I was dying a little bit in the end um, and wasn't myself, but um, I, I guess my mindset was just, it's my choice, it's not others' choice, so they shouldn't suffer. Um, why is it important to lead from the front as a coach? This is a big one, um, and I want to say, like, I was having this discussion with Rona the other day, and I think it was also one of my athletes, Chris. And I think that when you are a coach that, that that puts people on stage, but you also compete yourself, I think we tend to put an unnecessary amount of pressure upon ourselves to do well. Now, no one actually is putting pressure upon us. It's self-inflicted. I think it's something that if you say you don't feel it, you're a liar. I think we all feel it, but we don't realize it till after that I think in the back of your mind you're thinking, fuck, if I don't do well, people are going to go, you know, he he can't even do well on his own show or as a bodybuilder, you know, he's crap coach and he can't do this and he can't do that. Now, that's totally wrong. That's not what it is, right? That's not how people think. But I think that when you get in your own head as a, when you're prepping, you'll, you'll understand what I mean by getting in your own head. You can't help but feel it. And it was really only after the British that I feel this sort of, enormous weight come off my shoulders um, and I was just like oh thank god I've achieved everything I've set out to achieve and what a season it's been and I felt content and happy with it um, and I thought you know that's that's a statement that I wanted to make but in general um, coming back to the point on the question why is it important to lead from the front of your coach if you can't lead from the front how can you expect your clients to do the same you know so if I'm I, I say I, I don't want to give a client something I'm not willing to do myself I knew this year some clients wanted to do shows back to back and I'd never done it before. So I was like, I'm going to do fucking four shows back to back and I'm going to do it in 20 days. You know, I ended up having to do an hour and a half of cardio a day. I had to live off 50 gram of carb a day um, and, and the work got done. Because I think that once you've been through it yourself, you then have the authority to say, well, you need to do this. And I've done it and I know how much it sucks and I've been there and I've been in the trenches and I understand how shit it is. Um, but we'll, you know, you'll get there and we'll get there together and that, you know, you can relate to them so much more if you're leaning from the front and you're doing it yourself. And I think it serves as a huge inspiration to your clients as well when they see you, this fuck my coach is going full tilt. He's doing that much card, he's doing that much training, he's, he's doing these shows and he's placing or whatever and they can become incredibly proud um, in anything in business. There's always going to be someone that's the, the sort of face of the brand, and for Vido Physique, um, it is myself, and I need to show that the brand values that we have between Riley, Clara, and myself are that we go full tilt, we we lead from the front, we we never give in, you know, we overcome adversity, and um, because it's Vido Physique's not just a representation of me, it's a representation for them as well. So, you know, I couldn't I couldn't let them down either. Um, as much as I, you know, couldn't let myself down and 
watch it my wife my wife proud my wife proud um those of you'll know I'm a, I'm a very emotional guy um and it was i kind of had this build-up of emotion um and it was only after i did I walked off stage after doing classic and that last fetish show um I had I watched my client Zoe compete incredibly well. Went and chatted to her for a wee while after it, discussed it, got a photo, and then just grabbed grabbed my wife after and just started sobbing, um, tears of joy and happiness that she'd seen me compete this year and I'd felt like I'd made her proud um, and the wee man proud and that was an incredible emotional moment for me. And then later on that night when we met the guy and he said that's what it meant. See the next day. As I thought about that, I just I couldn't stop crying on the journey home. Um, all the emotion just sort of hit me. Um, I had actually had a cry after the British as well um, when I was on my own and I had achieved something that I'd set out to do for so long. And the same thing the year before when I won my first ever show or those two two, two placings at that first show, uh, I cried. I cried like a baby. I remember um, Cam Kai walked past me, never met him, went to come say hello, and I had to turn away. Later on, I went, mate, I'm really, really sorry about that. Uh, I was having a bit of a moment to myself. But um, I think it's never be embarrassed to cry. It's a, um, it's a sign of strength, I think. Um, but uh, it's mostly just a, a sense of self-pride because you, you it's only you that know what's went into that journey. Um, but yeah, I, I, I cried like a baby as soon as I came off stage. Um, and I'm not afraid to say that I never will be. Fuck, I've cried at client shows, man, watching them win. Uh, that's how emotional I am. The um, next one, what goes through your mind on the hard days? Um, honestly, not a lot. It was just you're, you're choosing to do this. It will not be forever. It will all be worth it. Repeat myself. Repeat that to myself. Repeat that to myself. Um, and that I quite sadistically say, well, it's hard now, so... This means it's working. This means I'm getting leaner. So I didn't get excited about that. So I'd say, oh, I'm totally fucked. This is great. And I'd flip on its head. I'd say, this is hard, but this is this is where I want to be. You know, a bit of a sadistic way um, to think, but it, it got me through it. Um, the toughest moment uh, undoubtedly would have been, I was on the Stairmaster. I had 45 minutes to do fasted and then 15 minutes of card uh, on the cross turn after. And I just remember... Um, Everything in my mind wanted me to give up. Everything. And I remember the one thing that kept me going was we just we just got on our scan of the wee man. Um, and it was a private scan and we got a video of him moving about. And when everything in my brain wanted to tell me to stop, to hit stop on the Stairmaster and I just fucking leave the gym and to stop prep and whatnot, I just would open the video and I'd just watch it. And I'd just say, do it for him do it for him, do it for him and again I'd get a bit emotional um, but I was like fuck if my wife can grow a baby and I says I can fucking stay on the Stairmaster for, for you know as long as need be because she's probably got a lot tougher than me, I think that growing a human is a lot tougher than doing the Stairmaster so it was a really tough moment but that was the one thing that they got me through it. Um, other questions, I've been asked a bunch of questions, some don't relate to my prep um, so I won't necessarily go through them. What's been the most stubborn muscle area for me to grow? Um, arms. Why? Because I didn't train them for a while. I'm six foot four. They're really, really long, and it takes years to get big arms uh, on long levers. So 
I wouldn't say they're stubborn. It's just going to take a bit of time. Um, but I don't, I've not tried. Like my legs are long and I've got massive quads, so it's not a, that's not a case of they can't grow. It's just a case of I'm not fucking trained them hard enough or haven't done for long enough. Um, if I wasn't coaching or bodybuilding, what would Vaughn be doing? That's not something I really want to think about because this is my life. Um, I was very involved in basketball, um, playing and coaching before I had to give up for for um, for bodybuilding. Actually, if it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't be a bodybuilder. Uh, I stayed with a, a family in America when I did a high school exchange um, who were ex-professional bodybuilders who got me into it. Um, without their influence, I would never have gotten to the sport. Uh, I wouldn't even have gotten to lifting as much as I did. Um, then, then that persisted throughout uni and then it kind of got serious later on. So um, what would I be doing? I don't know. It would probably involve teaching or working with others because I get an incredible amount of joy from doing that. Um, incredible amount of joy out of doing that. And I'm so grateful for all the clients that that, um, that I've worked with but um, and, and continue to work with. You know, you got, What clients fail to realise is that for as much as I might inspire them, they inspire me just through change, you know, helping me, uh, me helping them change their lives. Um, it's it's incredible to be part of someone's, you know, not only changing their physique but changing their mentality and their mindset. It's hugely rewarding, and honestly, I will never ever do anything else the rest of my life um, until I retire. That is, of course. So, uh, yeah, I guess I've, I've rambled on now for fucking ages. Uh, this podcast is a little bit longer, but um, I felt like the need to to sum up what was a long ass prep, um, longer than I've done pretty much uh, since 2017 I think last year's prep was 12 weeks uh, the year before that where me and Rona did a photo shoot I think it was like 8 or 9 um, but hey I've never started off that fat so lesson learned, lessons learned from this prep number 1 do not start fat because you will need to pull off a lot, I pulled off 30 kilos which is ridiculous I shouldn't ever have got as fat um, second, second lesson read the fucking criteria Um of, of, of the federation that you're doing don't, don't think it's the same as a different one because it might bite you in the ass one day um, but yeah I, th- I think those are those are the har- harsh lessons um, to learn the ones that I'll take um, and, and number three for me was just I now know where I belong um, which is on stage as a bodybuilder and bodybuilding trunks and I will endeavour to come back and and present the, the best you know the best class one physique I can Um it might not be in the most prestigious federations because I, I ain't going to touch two bros super heavies because I, I don't want to get that big and I just get embarrassed. Um, but I will come back and I will do a few feds, no doubt, just like I've done this year. I enjoyed each one. I have no no bias for one over the other. I think it was great to experience all the different federations. Um, you know, it was PCA, two bros and FedEx. They were all run incredibly well. Um I enjoyed my time on stage. You know, the, the most fun I probably had was the Tubos Brits uh, and then uh, the Fit Expo. It was actually the Fit Expo was the, was the funnest time I had, um, mostly because I, I knew it was the end of the journey and my wife was there and I could I could relax. And it was, yeah, it was just my best ever look ever. Um, and sometimes that's enough to just feel epic on stage so much more epic than I was five weeks before it, four and a half weeks before it, at the Tubos Regional. Um, you know, but I hope that if if you have listened and you've watched the journey, I just want to say thank you. Um, I'll do a, a separate post on Instagram thanking everyone that I need to thank. But, you know, if you're listening to this, you know who you are. Um, I appreciate you following the journey, uh, but you best believe me 
when I say that it's not done. Um, in fact, it's only getting started. The, the days, the count that I had, um, it still still goes on um, because I, I, I'm not finished yet. That's the way I look at it. But next time you see me on stage, uh, we'll probably be in about minimum three years time. I don't plan on, on doing that uh, and competing before then. Uh, if you are going to compete, whether that be this year, next year, the year after, whenever it is, I just have one thing to say to you, and that is make sure that you give it the big beans, the whole beans, and nothing but the fucking beans.